Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Peter Dowdell, theirishgardener.com, uh, joining us. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? Is it warm enough for you? <laughs> it is really gorgeous, isn't it? It's, it's the best weather to be a gardener. Ah, uh, it's great. Do we uh, do now? We're not on hosepipe bands yet. Do we need to be keeping an eye on the gardens and on shrubs and plants, etc., because it's so warm and <coughs> humid weather? We're not getting the rain that they're forecasting. No, I don't know. I was only talking to somebody about it earlier today. I don't know when last we got meaningful rain, if you know what I mean. No, we got uh, some rain here and there over some of the nights recently, but nothing, nothing meaningful. Um, and the answer to your question is yes, particularly if it's a if it's a new garden or any elements of the garden are new. And what I mean by that is that they've been planted in the last twelve months. Uh, even in my own garden, I see some things that I moved over the winter and that, and that you know some of them are are suffering badly. And I would think I would look that the plants in gardens that I'm working on and in my own garden, like plants that were planted or moved, let's say last October, November, are under stress, but they're going to be okay. But ones that were moved after Christmas, if you like, in January, February, they're under serious stress. And even with water pour- being poured on them, you know, it's fingers crossed territory. But um, but um, I think everything will be okay. But it's just it is a question of of just you do they will need attention and they will need water. And I think going forward, <clears throat> you know, these these warm and dry spells, everybody has been telling us they're to be expected to to increase in in duration and in in extreme so we're going to have these periods going forward so we need uh, in the garden we need to we need to expect them and by add, by improving the soil and by adding mulches and that to the soil we will make the plants more resilient and less need for watering so it, it, it's something we're going to all have to to be cognizant of going forward and hanging baskets they'll dry out very quickly in this kind of weather Anything like in pots and containers, yeah. hanging baskets, window boxes, plant pots, they'll dry out in front of your eyes, Trish. They're being yeah. baked, literally. Yeah, OK, let's get straight into questions. We sent you on a picture from a listener who wants to know, what should I do with this rose? And it, lo- it looks like a rose up against uh, a wall. It, yes, it is. And uh, I was looking at it earlier and it, it looks it looks a bit shook, like it does have some holes in it and that, which I it's from probably aphid damage from little green fryer stuff uh, and maybe even some caterpillars. Um, though I don't see on the photograph, I can't see any insects. But I would say in the first instance, prune off kind of a, a lot of those leaves that are infected and hope for the best. And uh, I've talked many times in your program, Trish, about using garlic as a preventative, a garlic wash, where you, if you, the, the best thing to do is Google it. But it, basically what you're doing is you're, you're pulping some, Google it for the recipe, if you like. But basically what you're doing is you're, you're, um, you're creating a, you're pulping garlic. You're, you're, you're putting it in with boiling water, letting it sit for a night or two. Uh, and then you're you're diluting the resulting water uh, and spraying that onto the rose bush. And if you do that, it works great, and not just on roses, but on all plants as a preventative. It has antifungal properties too, of course, which because from the garlic, but um, which will help the, to prevent the plant getting black spot and things like that. But it's great at stopping insects attacking it because the garlic makes it unpalatable to plants. It's the old style companion 
garden planting where you would plant garlic near crops that were, were prone to getting attacked by aphids and things like this. By planting garlic nearby, you were protecting them. And we've, we've a lot to learn from gardening practices mm. of years gone by. Um, so that's probably what I do. Now, in the photograph, I don't see probably the most important thing, which is the, the, the root zone. I don't see the soil or the, pla- or the area where the plant is going into. So from what I can see, it's you have a, a kind of a concrete paved footpath. And I don't know if it's in a pot or if it's in a little hole in the paving or what it is, but roses are quite hungry feeders. And what that means is that the, the better quality the soil, the more nutrients they have access to, the better they're going to do. And that ties in with this because the healthier the plant, the more resistant than it is to disease damage and infection as well. So probably the most important part of it, I'm afraid I can't see, but I would look at improving the the, the, the conditions around the, the, the base of the plant as well, certainly. OK, somebody has to stay on roses. Uh, a rose that has been in the same place for the last 10 years, uh, somebody needs to move it. When is the best time to move it? Uh, I was talking to somebody else about this just earlier today as well, in oh. fact. And the best time to move it and any plant, really, certainly don't dream of doing it at the moment. It'll just die in front of your eyes. Uh, it's kind of November time. November to February would be your window of opportunity there when the plant is dormant, when it's fast asleep. So it can it can, it can, can repair the damage caused during the move before it starts growing again in the spring. So wait, wait till it's, it's winter time. Are they easy to move? Roses will transplant pretty successfully, yeah, pretty easy. They're they're basically one long taproot system, and um, provided you can get enough of that as possible, yeah. or as much of it as possible, then it'll move. It should move easily enough, yeah. Okay, Tom or Tim, in your apologies, Tim uh, has a very large lawn, and he is out cutting it every few days because of the huge amount of daisies growing. Tom says, "Is there a chemical you could recommend to get rid of this problem?" Oh, Tom, leave the daisies alone. <laughs> You're not going to recommend a chemical. I can nearly te- tell him now. Well, I'm certainly not. And like, I don't know how long we're doing this piece in your program, Trish, but if you remember way back when, uh, and th- these kind of questions would come up, and I'd, I'd nearly sheepishly and, and tongue-in-cheek say, well, we could learn to love the daisies, but but now I'm not not, not, not scared to shout it anymore because obviously it's, it, it's mainstream and we're all being encouraged at long last to learn to love the, nazi- the, the daisies, Tim. It's like we have gone beyond, we have gone many years beyond... Uh, it being acceptable to use chemicals on the lawn and pour weed killer onto the lawn to kill a few daisies, considering the damage that it is doing to everything else in the garden. So, no, I'm not going to recommend the chemical. I am going to recommend Love the Daisies. And once you do get your head around it, they actually really do look beautiful. They do. If you can't, if you can't get your head around it and you want just pure grass, and that's fine too, um, I'm afraid it's a question of hand weeding. Get out there, do it by hand. Now, it, it may not mean going out with a trowel and removing every daisy. You could remove it with shovels and spades and just reseed it if you really want to get rid of them. But but honestly, I would say just, just see the beauty in them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Maura says, uh, why have my baskets of petunias, why are they feeling so sticky? They're healthy and they're thriving, but they're feeling sticky. Uh, anything you could recommend? Mo- it's most likely a, a honeydew secretion, which is from aphids. So aphids will will get onto them. You know, they may, aphids may not have done that much damage, but they they can leave off this honeydew secretion as they're leaving off their young. Uh, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. I wouldn't be overly worried. I would prune off maybe some of the leaves and some of the stems that are the stickiest. Um, because it, it can weaken the plant as they feed on it and fungal infection can also stick to that honeydew secretion. So maybe no harm to give it a bit of a pruning, but I wouldn't be overly worried about it. Keep them well watered and well fed to keep the plant strong in the first place. Keep deadheading them and I think they should be okay. Okay, it's all about stickiness today because Brenda has a problem with her bamboo uh, trees. They, some of the leaves have a sticky feel to them. 
it's, that would be new to me with bamboos. I haven't seen it before on bamboo, but it's more than likely I w- I'm going to guess the the same problem. It's it's an aphid, aphid. or some insect. Uh, they do leave off this honeydew as they're as they're laying eggs. Um, I imagine that's what it is. Again, because it's a bamboo, I wouldn't be worried about it in the least. It'll be tough enough. Okay, Pat in Dunmanway uh, in uh, says, I've put aside what was a magnificent tub of red tulips. Should I water? Now, and he's, uh, Pat sent on a picture. They've dug up all the tulip bulbs. Do I water them on and off or do I just leave them? Is it better to place the tub in the shade until next spring? So the, the bulbs are still in the tub, Trish, in the soil, is it? Yeah, no, they're out of the soil. It's just like it's a big okay, container so full of them. Okay, I'm with them. I, okay, no, don't water them at all. Keep them, bo- that's the last thing you want to do, in fact. You want to keep them bone dry now during the summer months. So somewhere, kind of like a garden shed or a garage, somewhere cool uh, and dry. Um, and that's all you need to do. Do nothing. Keep them dark, cool and dry uh, until, I wouldn't plant tulip bulbs out till relatively late from November. I know you'll see them in the autumn. You'll see them coming up in shops around August, September. But better to plant tulips later. So November, December is when I would plant them out again. And in Formoy is now a good time to spray a new crop of potatoes with bluestone solution. Uh, I'd keep an eye on bluestone is something that should be used sparingly so really only kind of once or maximum twice in, in a year so I would say keep an eye on blight warnings from, from Met Aaron. Uh, I would say it's too early she says a new crop of potato I'm, I'm wondering does she mean a crop of new potatoes I guess she does the first earlies which I wouldn't be I wouldn't treat them at all with bluestone because you should be harvesting them before there's a risk of, of, of blight I don't think there'll be a risk of blight yet and I, I could stand corrected, of course. Um, but I would say if it's new potatoes, I would say if there is any sign of blight, then just lift them and lift them and, and harvest them. Yeah. Hi, Peter. Is it OK to feed roses with tomato food? And how do you stop moss growing up through flowers? The Yes, it is perfect to feed any flowering plant, roses included, with tomato food, because tomato food is it's very high in potassium and high in phosphorus. So that's the two, two nutrients needed to promote flowers and plants. So yes, roses will benefit from that, from tomato food, but probably better in, with roses to give them a specific rose food. However, uh, tomato food will be fine. To, the moss growing through flowers, I'm, I'm assuming that they mean, uh, she means on the soil, uh, of the plant, or does she mean mm. on the stems? I yeah, wonder. Yeah, I'd say in the soil. I'd say it is. So, so moss will colonize colonize any kind of area of soil or stone or anything that where it's not being cultivated, where not being dug over. Uh, it's not doing any harm, of course. Um, so, it, if you but if you want to get rid of it, the best thing to do is just work the soil. So that means if you get down on your hands and knees, if you want, with a hand trowel or. or a shovel depending on the size of the area uh, but also there's a great little tool that I can't for the life of me remember what they're called I think they're just called little mini culti weeder, culti weeders or cultivators they're little three pronged things like in, kind of nearly in the shape of a claw that you attach you can either use it as a hand tool or you can attach it to a pole so you can do it from standing and, and just run that through the soil it's, a, it's I use that it's a kind of invaluable tool I just breaking up the soil break up the soil surface so it removes any little annual weeds or moss and things like that uh, that's probably what I would look at doing but on saying that the moss itself isn't doing any harm so I wouldn't be too worried about it Okay alright and I know this is a very busy time of the year for you are you involved in the fundraiser for photo or you want to give a mention to 
not for Fota, no, for Marymount. Not, for, not for Fota, actually, no, for Marymount, for the hospice. There's a, there's an open garden this weekend. I know there was a couple last weekend, and I think they were very well attended. The good weather, of course, is bringing everybody out, and it's a great cause. And it's a lovely way to fundraise is visiting an open garden because you get to see so much, and, and you're, you're, you're donating to a good cause. And, of course, the people who are brave enough, I always think, brave enough to expose their their gardens warts and all to to, to criticism and and to acclaim uh, should be well supported and this weekend's one it's it's mike and b fitzgerald it's down in crosshaven it's from marymount hospice it's open this sunday june the 18th at 11 o'clock i've been to this garden several times it's a, it's a gem it's a real treat get down there enjoy it the address is the old rectory temple breedy gardens it's near fennel's bay in crosshaven uh, i'll put it up on my own social media over the next couple of days on, Please, on yeah. facebook and instagram so you'll see the details i'm sure if you Google the hospice website, Open Gardens, you'll find the details as well. But this is one to go to this Sunday, June the 18th in Crosshaven. And good luck to them because it is a really brave thing to do for, for sure to put your garden on show. Listen, Peter, have a lovely weekend. We'll chat next Wednesday. And you. Thanks, Thanks for that. Bye-bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdle at the Irishgardener.com.